You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome into your daily podcast focused on all things Utah. A lot to get to ahead on today's show. Brian, I think the uh, biggest thing is we're going to recap what we learned, at least part of it, from Kyle Whittingham's weekly press availability. It's the best lecture that we've never had to pay to attend, Jake. For those of us who are still searching for a few credits here or there to complete a degree, we're learning something new from KWU, a.k.a. Kyle Whittingham University. We'll also talk about some awards that were awarded. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but we should probably hang a few banners here on the Locked On News podcast. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe there was some off-the-field stuff going on, but off-the-field stuff that leads to on-the-field stuff years down the road, right? Yeah. Well, we talking about Cruton. Talking about Cruton season. Cruton season. Always Cruton season. Unless you're no Dan, Dan Mullen here. Yeah, We're it. talking about Cruton. Unless you're Dan Mullen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. What a cluster that is down there in Gainesville. But nonetheless, we're talking Utah football, and let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for November second, twenty twenty one. Once again, you are Locked On Utes. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utah. I'm Jake. That's Brian. Uh, We like to talk all things Utes, and thank you for making some time to join us today. Brian, what's up, my friend? Just happy to be here, Jake, uh, witnessing the greatness that is uh, Locked On Utes. I I remember I get to sit here every single day in the driver's seat. and and, Well, I'm not even in the driver's seat right now. I'm in the passenger seat. Who are we kidding? I feel like I'm probably in the child seat if we're being super (laughs) honest about this. You got me strapped in. I'm not going anywhere. I got my ice cream cone in my hand here. I'm just happy to, to be out for a ride with my favorite guy, Jake Hatch. Well, we're having fun nonetheless, so thank you for joining us. Uh, the ice cream cone. Somebody's having fun. The, the ice cream cone analogy is actually a pretty dang good one, honestly. Um, so, Brian, we're going to – McDonald's is a new sponsor on the podcast. We don't have their read today, but have I told you – I think I mentioned this on the podcast previously that I used to fall asleep with a burger in one hand and a sleeve of fries in the other when I was like two years old. There's a very famous photo of me doing that. So I know exactly where you're coming from with regards to your reference to the child seat. Yeah, that that you know, if if there was actually a point in time where I didn't finish my burger and was that tired, you probably could have found me doing the same thing. Unfortunately, when it came to McDonald's, there was very little that I wasn't loving. <laughs> no doubt about that. I, I am a big fan of the Golden Arches, but we are here to talk Utah sports. And let's start off with a Utah football program. Kyle Whittingham holding his weekly press availability. And Brian, should we start off with the Fun stuff, or should we get to the serious stuff first? Where should we start? Your choice. I think given the early uh, start to this podcast, we should probably get back on the serious track for a little bit, and then we can take a change down the uh, the station of, of, of 
crazy down or, or what I just, this is how bad it's gone jake i don't even know where we're going <laughs> this train is out of control i am so happy with this ice cream cone thank you mcdonald's hey hey there's nothing wrong with that so let's talk a little bit about the offensive line and by the way first things first congratulations to nick ford he was named the pac-12 offensive lineman of the week and really fun to see him win that award as he moves to left guard for this past game and him and bam olasheni by the way did you see that picture of those two walking out together and Bam making a big man in Nick Ford look small? I am a large man myself, Jake, and and I have to be honest. Bam Olesheny does not feel like a human being. No. He feels like an animatronic robot uh-huh. that you're standing next to with his size. He is incredibly large. And when you think about that, the way that he moves, the way that he can do the things that he does is very impressive. Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely incredible. But Nick Ford, congratulations to him on winning that award. And Kyle Whittingham was asked yesterday, what has been the key to the offensive line's turnaround? And here's what he had to say. I think it's just hard work and continuing to accept Coach Harding's uh, coaching because it hasn't been continuity because we've had so much flux there. We had a couple of weeks where we were pretty settled in, but it seems to be a lot of different combinations that we've used. They just have a lot of pride in that room, and there's talent. There's good players in the room. And I think Nick Ford looked really good at guard. He was really good at guard. Uh, on Saturday and Paul Miley like I mentioned came in and did a really good job at center had a couple errant snaps but other than that played really well so I think I just think it's uh, hard work focus uh, attention to detail and accepting their coaching there you go coach Witt on the offensive line and interesting final note there Brian accepting their coaching I, I know that Jim Harding has been much maligned at different points this season but the turnaround of the offensive line He's got to be doing something right. He's put the right guys in the right spots. He's picked uh, opportunities to put guys like Paul Miley in the lineup, who had a pretty dang good job, uh, pretty dang good game, considering that was his first career start at center. I think he's actually hitting all the right notes right now. I don't think he really plays a lot of things out of key, to be honest with you. I've watched him Harding work. I've talked to people who know him. I've talked to people who have played for him. He knows how to coach. I think what can be very difficult and where the disconnect comes between what we think when we think about coaching and what actually happens is that a coach tells a player something and they do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest part is how do you get guys to do what you're telling them to do? How do you get them to change these habits? How do you get them to consciously make those decisions when everything is going a million miles an hour and everything like that? And I think that's what Kyle Whittingham is referencing is that these guys are not just listening to what Jim Harding is saying, but they're taking what he's telling him. They're taking what he's modeling for them, what he's teaching them, and they're applying it. And that's what I think he means when he says accepting coaching. You can sit there and listen and nod your head. And I may or may not be speaking from experience here, Jake, and there may or may not be highlights out there to back up the fact that, you know, there were moments where I was really good about learning things. And there were moments when I was not. And uh, that's where I think we underrate what coaches do and, and how hard they work to get guys to really buy in and how much time it takes to really develop. Because I think at the beginning of the season, everybody had written off this offensive line and now they're playing at a level that is near the top of the uh, Pac-12 conference. I mean, is this a top three offensive line? It's right up there. there- it's got to be like UCLA, Oregon State, Maybe Oregon, Utah. Yeah, I'd say Oregon. That crazy. Yeah, I know. I think you, you know the top four. I absolutely agree with you. And the fifth is probably Washington, despite them not necessarily being as 
good of a program this year. That Washington offensive line has had its moments as well. But Utah's right up there, and it's a pretty marvelous turnaround. Let's let's be clear about that. Yeah, and in the Washington offensive line is very highly rated. In fact, yeah. if you look at both Washington and UCLA, there are several players that were actually starting for both of those teams that Utah recruited heavily. Sean Ryan is one of them who, uh, ooh, boy, I guess I cursed him when I said he's a player to watch because if you did watch him on Saturday, he got more than a few false starts. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Sean Ryan, for uh, making uh, making my uh, prediction. <laughs> at least somewhat come true. You gave the people some value, yeah. uh, you know, Duke Clemens at the, at the center position, but it, it's, this is a very impressive turnaround and we've gotten real far down the road on this comment. Haven't we? Whew. Yeah, but it's, it, it, it's something that needs to be acknowledged because they paved the way for Tavion Thomas to become the PAC 12 offensive player of the week. That that's not nothing. So he need, he owes a big thank you to that offensive line because they did the heavy lifting leading the way for him to get those four touchdowns and just have an absolutely monster game. Now real quick interject. Jake, uh-huh. sorry. Uh, do you know who leads the Pac-12 right now in fewest sacks allowed? I'm going to guess the University of Utah. Tied with Oregon State at nine. That is incredible. That's actually that's a phenomenal number. That yeah, th- that right there. That number alone indicates how good this offensive line has has become and how how good they've been the last at least four or five games since Pac-12 play started. It's it's one of the true turnaround stories that I think needs to just be propped up there because people need to understand how big it is. Now, another reason for this offense as a whole turning around, or at least the question was posed to Kyle Whittingham, is was Cam Rising the chief reason for the offensive turnaround during this season? Here's what Coach Whittingham had to say on that front. I think there's a few things. I think Cam taking over was one of them. I think us going even to more tight end sets than we were early on. Two and three tight end sets pretty regularly now. If you look at the breakdowns, we're pretty heavy and, and we should be. Those three tight ends are terrific. And so you got to play to the strength of your team and get the best players out there and you know maximize what you got. And I, so I think it's a combination of all those things and the efficiency of the O-line. We're running the ball so much better now than we did early on. That's a big uh, factor. But probably the biggest factor, the biggest factor is the way Cam's playing. Statistically, he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country. Brian, it's hard to argue with hard and fast statistics, and it's true. Cam Rising, by both, most metrics, is a top 10 quarterback nationally, and that's really, really fun to look at. It's a lot of fun to watch, too, Jake. And I think the the myth of Mr. Bad Moon Rising, of Thick Boy 7, of Kick Boy 7, whatever he is now, uh, has just continued to grow and I don't think there's a better player to have ingrained himself with the University of Utah and their fan base than Cameron Rising because he is everything that you want in a quarterback. He is humble. He acknowledges his teammates. He does cool celebrations individually with each one of them. And he's a heck of a football player. That that part right there is, is likely the most important. And Utah has been dying for this kind of quarterback for a long time. They have, and th- that's the thing. They have found a quote-unquote franchise quarterback, and it, it's it's really fun to see them doing their thing. Now, we need to finish off this first part of the podcast, Brian, by talking about Kickboy 7 or whatever terminology you want to use with it because he did the quick kick punts and pinned uh, UCLA back twice in that win over the Bruins. Well, the question was asked of Kyle Winningham, well, can he place kick? Here's what Kyle had to say. I don't know if he plays kicked. Uh, even if he did, I wouldn't consider it. We'll be okay. You know, we, we've hit a, we're, we're not as good as typically we have been. We're about 56%, which is not good. We're 80% is our goal. So we're not faring well in place kicking. I guess that's why you mentioned it. But I'll ask him. Let me get back to you on that. 
Well, Brown Bear, we saw the kicking struggles on full display once again, and the kicking position apparently is back open. It's an open competition. Why not give Kickboy7 the opportunity to kick some PATs? I, I'd throw it out there. I, I, You know what? The, the door has to be open for just about anything right now. Uh, as Tyson Rising tweeted out, Cam Rising can mow your lawn, he can wash your dog, he can kick your field goals and your puns. I, I'm here for it. This this has been such a fun season so far that if that's how it goes, so be it. But I, I think on a on a truer note, you know, Utah's kicking has not been where it needs to be, and so they do need to find and, and solidify something there, whether it's uh, Kick Boy Seven or or no yes no yes field goals or yeah. or um just a redding heron i don't know i'm, I'm running out of puns a redding yeah. heron okay yeah all right well how about this it's supposed to be a red herring not a redding heron <laughs> you, you know but y- 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 it was a valiant effort i'll give you that valiant effort my friend but um, i'll tell you something else that's redding right now jake and that's my face <laughs> it's okay yeah i think i think we all got where you were going with it but nonetheless uh we're going to talk a little bit more about kyle whittingham and i had to say we'll get to more of that here momentarily but first let's talk about prize picks brian if you want to put some quote-unquote skittles on the performance of a guy like say Cam Rising week to week, you can do it with our friends at Prize Picks because they are the leading uh, daily fantasy site when it comes to college football and college football prop bets. And, and look, Jake, if you wanted to take Cam Rising kicking, Cam Rising punting, Cam Rising throwing, you probably could because that's the benefit of Prize Picks. You can pick multiple players. You can even go across multiple sports, two to five players. You can go G5, P5, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. And the best part, it's not you versus me. It's not me versus the microphone, which I'm really losing the battle to that today. It is just you versus those numbers. And numbers never lie, Jake. Did you know that? They've never lied. Uh, well, you can make them lie if you want, <laughs> but in this instance, they do not lie. Let's put it that way. So get to pricepicks.com or download their app and get started there. Right now, you actually can sign up, and when you use the promo code Locked On, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Yes, you can double your money and get started with our friends at Price Picks. The best part is your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. This is a really simple format. It's a fun format. I want to encourage you guys to give it a shot. That's pricepicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On for that 100% instant deposit match. Price Picks is daily. Fantasy made easy. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen of the day. We love talking all things Utah. And Brian, let's get back to some of the audio from Kyle Whittingham's press conference this week. And I think many of us out there, and you may disagree, you, the listener out there, may disagree. Maybe even you disagree, Brian. But after back-to-back non-conference losses, you lose to the team down south, and then you lose to San Diego State, there were alarm bells ringing all over the place, I felt like, for Utah. It just seemed like they were off track, things were not going the way they were going. But stunningly enough, they have righted the ship, they have picked things up, they got the new start as they talked about with conference play, and they're back to leading the Pac-12. Well, of Pac-12 South, excuse me, and Kyle Whittingham was asked the question with regards to after the back-to-back losses you suffered in the non-conference slate of games, how stunned or how surprised are you that you are leading the Pac-12 South? And 
Here's what Coach Witt's response was. Not necessarily because we felt we were a good football team at that point. We just were not playing well. We knew we had good players, and we didn't know who we were yet, particularly on offense, and started to figure some things out, and then we had the quarterback change like we just talked about. We just started to gain momentum uh, from that point on and figure out what we do best and who our playmakers are and who we need to get the ball to. And Not that we didn't have a good idea going in, but we started to doing a better job of doing what we knew we had to do and so we didn't do a good job early on of getting things situated brian i think kyle whittingham nailed it on the head he as he mentioned in uh, training camp he thought this team had shades of 2019 to it and i think right now we're seeing what he saw that made him think they had that 2019 ability in them the, the, the problem was, I think he kind of alluded to it, it seemed like in a way they got away from what was going to make them a good football program. Getting away from the basics, thinking they'd arrived, all that stuff. Maybe they they bought in to what Coach Witt said about them in training camp and said, yeah, we are good. We're going to make a run to the Pac-12 title game. Well, I think they got humbled. They figured things out. They have endured a bunch of tragedy. And now they are atop the Pac-12 South and the odds-on favorite to go to Las Vegas to play in the Pac-12 title game. It's a pretty cool turnaround here. It is, and I thought Whittingham kind of buried the lead a bit when he said we didn't do a very good job of, of getting the right, uh, I, I can't remember the exact phrase that he used, but the right uh, uh, work on the field. And, and I think that's something that you and I were extremely vocal about. But you saw it in the very first drive and basically in every consecutive drive after that that this Utah offense is 2019-esque mm-hmm. in their ability to methodically move the ball down the field, to move the chains, to keep drives going. However Cam Rising has to do it, he is going to get the job done. Yep. He wasn't great throwing the ball down the field. We all saw that. I think it was likely a mechanical issue. You know, when you, when you have that consecutive, continuous uh, miss you know, from a guy who's routinely very accurate that that's typically the reason for it and it's something that he can tweak and and, and work on a little bit in practice this week uh, but that's the biggest difference is that you're watching this team do things and and play a style of football that is much more entertaining they're finally doing tempo they're finally mixing up the formation we've talked about how 13 personnel is an absolute death sentence for defenses because this is not a team that has three tight ends this is a tight team that has three versatile players that can play every position and their blocking as we've mentioned over and over again has really changed things it's it's truly one of the the more impressive parts of this is that offense that struggled so mightily early on this season has become a juggernaut in, in some cases. The nice part is the fumble issues appear to be behind them. I am knocking on wood right now. I do not want to jinx Utah at all with regards to that because they've been very good with their ball security. But I, and something that DJ brought up, by the way, earlier uh, this week on the pot, uh, on DJ and PK in the morning, the show I produce for the Zone Sports Network, is that he mentioned if Utah fails to go to Las Vegas this year, Brian, fails to go to the Pac-12 title game, it might be literally the worst November in Utah football history. Just because of how everything is set up here going into the final month, it would take an epic meltdown of just almost biblical proportions to see Utah not be playing in the Pac-12 title game. 
I'm glad you said it because I certainly didn't want to, Jake, but uh, you're absolutely correct. I think that this is, uh, you know, a team, we've been talking about driver's seats. They're in control. The Utes are the conductor of this train. And really, there's no reason if you're watching this team that you should, they could drop a game. There's no doubt about it. I think Oregon looming on the schedule uh, is a huge game. And, and you will be curious to see if it's at night as, and as, as, as tended to be the, 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 uh, not tradition, but the the trend going on recently. Um, all that being said, this is a football team that's played well despite making mistakes still and, and having a few uh, bumpy performances here and there. And I don't think the remaining three or four games on their schedule is, is going to derail that, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just I'm very curious to see what happens Friday night in terms of execution because that's typically the bugaboo game and if Utah comes out and executes the way that they're capable of doing I think that's a very positive sign for the squad. Now we have spent a lot of this show talking about the offense Brian and for good reason it's been very very good but we do need to take some time and talk about the defense here and Kyle Whittingham was asked the question during his press conference yesterday with regards to the defense and the question essentially went along the lines of what uh, does the defense need to do week to week to continue to improve? And uh, it's a pretty simple question, but we've seen improvement from them week to week. So here's what Kyle Whittingham said and what he wants to see from them as they continue to seek to improve week by week. Well, I think just doing your job and your 111th, and at times it's human nature when things start to go awry, you get a little bit of panic and say, okay, I got to help someone else do their job and not attend to my job. That's the exact opposite of what should happen. When you meet adversity and things are not going well, that's when you need to reel yourself in and return back to your fundamentals and your techniques and everybody do their job, not try to do too much. And I think that was what was happening a few times this year with our defense is people just, hey, you know, if I don't try to make a heroic play, you know, we're not going to get out of this drive. And consequently, you try to do that and you leave your job vulnerable. And so I think that uh, we can do a better job and continue to focus on doing your 111th, take care of your job, trust the guy next to you to take care of his job, and things will usually work out. Brian, that's a Kyle Winningham special. Do your job. Do your your 111th. And he's right, though. It's dead on. Just focus on your assignment, get it done, and don't try and overcompensate trying to make up for somebody else. Football is as simple a game as, as it is out there, Jake. Uh, the complexities come in, in the details without a doubt, but it's it's all about doing their job. I think this has been a very consistent message. I think the team's bought in on that pretty heavily. I think we've heard it over and over again from these guys that they understand that all they need to do is beat Stanford this week and everything else will fall in line. And I think last week's performance only solidified it for them. I think this is a team that understands that they're playing for something bigger than them themselves right now uh and i think you know despite the fact that the oregon state game uh was not not fun to watch uh you know like just uncharacteristic for utah yeah they still had every chance possible to win that thing yeah they did and it's going to be a fun game Friday night. I, as you mentioned a little earlier on, you want to see them execute, and Stanford is a place to get this month off to a good start, and hopefully that's what we're talking about when we recap it later this week. But we'll continue to get you ready on all of that. But before we go on today's show, we've touched on some of the awards that were handed out earlier this week for Utah football players. 
but we missed on a number of them. We haven't talked about all of them quite yet, so we'll touch on those as we round out today's show here in just a moment. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. And Brian, I know that you are a fan of trying interesting parlays and just having fun when it comes to your Skittles that you put there at betonline.ag. I'm a guy who likes to try and find, and I don't profess to be any type of betting know-it-all, I like to find lines that I think are completely out of whack and bet on those. But the best part is, bet online for anybody like you or I or any other interest you have in the sports betting world, they've got the answer for you. They do, and that's why we uh, that's why we plug them here, Jake. That there's more options, and the new dashboard makes it easier to find those options than anywhere else. And you don't have to look around and go anywhere else to find a good deal. You just go to bet online, use the promo code locked on, whatever your deposit it is, they're going to add 50% to that. So you just cut that bad boy in half and, and add a little bit on top. It's the best kind of ice cream Sunday you'll find out there. Uh, and bet online is easy to use. You can download it on your mobile device. You can use it on your laptop. You can use it however you want. Yeah, from basketball to football to the baseball postseason with the World Series ongoing, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's all courtesy of BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, Brian, we already mentioned on today's show that Nick Ford won Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. We also mentioned that Tavion Thomas has won Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week for their efforts against UCLA, and both of them very much deserving of that award. The, The thing about it is that that is not the end of the awards that were handed out this week, or at least the honors that were handed out. And that's the fun part is it's been a busy start to the week for Utah Athletics. Hang those banners, Jake. Hang them high. Hang them loud. Let them ring from mountain to mountainside. Uh, I, I guess that's probably not a good idea because banners don't ring. But let them sway. Let them sway up there. Let them sway with some swagger because there's a lot of awards being handed out at the U of U. As you mentioned, Nick and and, and Tavion getting the offensive uh, players of the week and, and offensive linemen of the week. Uh, Devin Lloyd just continues to amass hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that hardware is of the paper variety or, or of the actual physical variety, but he's continuing to uh, own every watch list that's available. Yeah, he's been a semifinalist for the 2021 Buckus Award as well as a semifinalist for the Chuck Bednarik Award. Uh, the Buckus Award is given out annually to the nation's best linebacker, while the Bednarik Award recognizes the nation's most outstanding defensive player of the year. Essentially consider it the defensive... Um, the defensive Heisman, I, I, for lack of a better term. And the good news is I would expect that Devin Lloyd is going to be a finalist for both of these awards because there's no reason he shouldn't be, frankly. No, and I, I thought it was very telling that Rod Gilmore said on the broadcast that Devin Lloyd should be the front runner for defensive pack, uh, player of the year in the Pac-12 because he should be. Is he going to get it? Who knows, because I think Utah fans have, have felt the brunt of that one in the past, but Kayvon Thibodeau, as good as he's been, has not been as consistent as Lloyd. Lloyd hasn't missed any snaps or any games other than the, the 
you know, ejection stuff, which mm-hmm. we've talked about at nauseum is just not fair and not right, but that's okay. You deal with that stuff and you move on. And, and even though in a short half, you know, he didn't have a ton of production, his impact was still felt, had a sack, had a pass breakup, had a couple TFLs. Like that's really impressive for a guy coming in cold off the bench. I thought he was going to have a bitter impact, uh, but like he kind of did. He almost had a, a, a an interception too. So, uh, you know, just that's in, that's impressive, and, and he, that's a guy that really deserves his flowers right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He does deserve the honors he's receiving, and we're continuing to see him fly up draft boards. If he's not a top half of the first round uh, draft pick at this point, I'd be stunned at that. It's just really fun to see him doing his thing, and congratulations to him. But that's not where this show is going to end, Brian. We're going to talk about maybe the best athlete in a pretty uh, stacked class of athletes at the University of Utah, and that would be the one, the only, Danny Drews. I was going to hope you say that she's the baddest one of them all because the GOAT is how we close this thing out. Danny Drews getting the award. Uh, much deserved, right? Uh, Pac-12 second offensive. Off- yeah, go ahead. Second Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week honor. Uh, to be honest, probably should have more than just two. But she's going to rack up a ton more as, as she continues on. She's going to get regional awards. She's going to win likely Pac-12 Player of the Year. Just everything that she does right now is just super awesome. It's the fifth of her career overall, and that just seems just awfully low for how good she's been. But you can't award it to her every week, I guess. you got to spread the wealth around a little bit, but still. Why not? Everybody loves Danny Drews. She's, I say do it every week. Don't give her the Eric Weddle 2006 Heisman treatment. She is leading the Pac-12 with an average of five kills per set this season. That's currently third in the nation. She's also first in the Pac-12 with 5.6 points per set, which is fifth in the nation. She is an offensive juggernaut in the volleyball world. And, yeah, she is the baddest athlete that we're talking about today. There's no doubt about that. Almost as bad an idea as making goat sounds all the time, right? <laughs> no doubt about it, but we'll just run, we'll just leave it there. Uh, Brian, any final thoughts for our listeners as we round things out here? We probably owe everybody their money back for today's episode, but as always, thank you for tuning in. Go be your best Danny Drews out there every single day and kill it five times a day. And go do your 111th, everybody. This yes. has been the Locked On Utes podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I encourage you guys now to hop over to Locked On Pac-12. Get caught up with everything going on in the Pac-12 conference with Cindy Robinson in 30 minutes or less. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms. And until next time, this has been the Locked On Utes podcast from November 2nd, 2021. And we will catch you guys manana. Manana.